0: Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon.
1: Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Uh, joining me on the phone from uh, Germany, it is a singer, Doro, or uh, Doro Pesh, if you prefer. Her new album is uh, Forever Warriors, Forever United. It is a double disc of new material because uh, 10 songs wasn't enough, so uh, you get a lot more she will also be in North America in May. Of, um, will be at the uh, M3 Festival, the M3 Rock Festival in Columbia, Maryland. As you know, my preferred choice of festivals. Uh, for those of you who follow me on Twitter at Mitch Lafon, uh, recently I put up a a pickem for the loss of a lack of a better word between uh, John Bonham and Neil Peart. And the uh, one and only guitarist for a black country communion and uh, his own solo stuff, Joe Bonamassa, took at it and called it a a lame comparison, to which I replied, well, what exactly were you picking? Uh, It could have been which one I want to listen to first tonight, you know? And to which he replied, well, that was a lame answer. You were obviously setting it up as clickbait. And I find this interesting because on Twitter, well, at least for me, since I don't put up uh, links to anything uh, other than uh, the show, uh, when you do a pickem and there's no link, there's nothing to click. Therefore, not clickbait. <laughs> just, just gonna throw that out there. If there's nothing to click, there's no clickbait. Just seems seems logical. Anyway, uh, we are uh, the uh, the day after Christmas. I continue the Mitch marathon month holiday edition. Uh, somewhere, uh, you know, in the first week of January, we'll we'll put an end to this, but we've got a lot of great interviews uh, coming up. Other than uh, Doro today, my lord, we have got uh, George Lynch, Dean Castronovo, Peter Noon, Desmond Child, Frank Marino, one-time foreigner singer Johnny Edwards, uh, Charm City Devils, Mark LaFrance, Tony Mantania, Montana of uh, Great White, just a, a, a lot of great content, and uh, well, in fact, let us get to the content, poor Quapa. Why not? Uh, we love Doro. I, I got to say, if you if you've never met her, uh, you're missing out. She is one of the nicest people ever. Forget the nicest people in rock or f- you know favorite rock star. Forget forget the whole rock. Just just one of the nicest human beings. Period. General, you know. Period. End of story. In general, you know. Forget. Oh, she's one of the nicest rock stars. No, no. Forget that. Forget that. One of the nicest people you will ever meet. So incredibly genuine, genuine, sweet, uh, nice, kind. Uh, You know, I've been in areas where she's been backstage. I've never seen her throw a temper tantrum. I've never seen her have any kind of attitude. Her band has stuck with her. I'm trying to think now. If you look at Johnny D and uh, the other guys, I think they've been there like 20, 25 years, which, as you know, in, in a band... That's not always obvious, you know, members come and go, you know, you look at the classic KISS lineup, it was really only sort of together for eight years. Anyway, so uh, without further ado, uh, let us listen to uh, Forever Warriors, uh, Forever United is the new release. Here is uh, Le Seul Unique, the one, the only, Doro. We are speaking with a German legend, the one, the only, Doro Pesch. Bonjour, Doro. Do you like that introduction, by the way?
0: Oh, And anything, anything positive makes me happy. No, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I do think so. you're
1: legendary. So, uh, you know, you've been at it for, what, 35, 40 years? I mean, it's...
0: Yeah, 37 years now, yeah. yeah next year it will be 37 years. And that's, that's my the... first band, I had actually in 1980. It wasn't Warlock, it was a different band. It was called Snakebite, then Beast, then Attack, and then Warlock in... 82, and our first album came out 83, so we are always counting the years from the first album, but yeah, yeah but I'm doing it, I God, I, you know, yeah, yeah, as, as long as I can think, I'm know, yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to music, so yeah.
1: It is, and so uh, there's a lot to talk about, the M3 festival, the, the Rainbow thing, uh, yes. a special duet with another singer that we'll get to in a minute, but I want to ask you this real <laughs> quick, because I was talking with Mark uh, Starrass of Crocus and mm-hmm. uh, Sony Music in Switzerland just gave them an award for 15 million albums sold worldwide. And so I posted wow. that on. Right, right. Pretty incredible. Right. Going back to
0: 1980. Yeah. Yes. Unbelievable. Like, wow. Congratulations.
1: Right. Yeah. And I posted that on my Twitter and I posted that on my on my Facebook and you know, on my socials. And fans mm-hmm. that were based in North America, both you know Canada and the U.S. were like, no, it can't be, it's got to be 15 uh, Swiss platinum albums, which is 300,000, it can't be 15 million, what are you talking about, such a crock of... and there seems to be this perception that if you're not big in Canada or you're not big in the States, you don't exist, and yet when we look at your career, and you played that gig in the arena, I guess it was in Dusseldorf, and you, you, you're you on tour there all the time, getting 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 10,000 people. Talk to me a little bit about that perception that, well, if you're not big in the States, you don't exist. And you know, you look at Thunder, and at Gothbard, and at Status Quo, and at Doro, and at Crocus, and you go, well, wait a minute. You know, Rose Tattoo in Australia, you go, wait, wait a minute. You can be yeah. a successful star and not necessarily be huge. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that, about about the the, the the perceptions and the misperceptions of the music biz.
0: Well, I must say, um, in the eighties, and I really remember Crocus. They were huge, and they were always like, you know, called like the ACDC of Europe. And I remember they were really huge, and. When we started in the '80s, man, metal was so big, and in the states as well. So, so everybody thought, like, man, you, you know, you're doing well. And um, and we were on the MTV, heavy rotation. Our our song, Oh We Are, that was like one of the big hits. So, so back then in the '80s, everybody perceived you at, as a big band. And then in the '90s, when when grunge took over, especially in the states, when you know, when there was only grunge, then it was It was tough, man. It was difficult for normal metal bands and in Europe we could still do it, could still fill arenas, but in the States grunge just like was like so yeah, so big, so so we had to yeah, to fill smaller clubs and you know, and then it's it's like sometimes you know when the industry or when the media is not supporting you so much then you know then people kind of like you know think it's not you know it's not as big anymore but like in Europe we don't have so much um, rock radios or metal radios there's nothing in TV like except like sometimes they show Wacken this big heavy metal festival but anything else it's just like you know the top 40 pop but the The culture where people go to concerts and festivals and clubs, that's huge. That's like, it's it's really huge. And you don't even need so much promotion. It's uh, still like word of mouth. And like, you know, in the metalhead, they are like, you know, they have a strong bond. There's a strong community. So when you're a diehard metalhead, you know immediately, and now with like social media, you can find out much easier than it was like you know like like 10 years ago but um, yeah the life thing that is huge and in the states yeah when we play it's always like you know clubs and I'm happy when the clubs are sold out That's that's great And, and I love festivals that's why i'm so much looking forward to play the m3 festival and um, we are a guest on the rainbow party it's their 48th anniversary and we will play their live. and in actually it's open air so i'm really happy to do it all oh, the monsters of rock rules like we are doing it in february so that's like where i get really 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 like my you know like when when i see the fans they all still remember the you know the good old old school metal songs and they remember like you know the last you know records we did so that makes me really happy and of course it would have been nice to still play arenas like in the 80s but it's um yeah it's a different animal now and you know and I always give it my you know, I always give it 150 percent. And, you know, and one day, you know, maybe it will be bigger. It's always up and down. And um, since I'm doing it for such a long time, I felt like, you know, when you really thought, man, you've made it, then like two years later, you know, somebody else was bigger. And, you know, it, it always goes up and down. So you just have to do what you love. And, and there were always enough fans, you know. Where I thought, yeah, man, you know, you know, I still can go on tour. I still can fill, you know, like big places in in Europe. We have a couple of um, territories where it's really huge, like South America or Spain. And England is like catching up again, like in Germany. So you know, some countries they are more like maybe there's a. Yeah, there's a better scene, and, and at the moment, England is like getting huge again, and yeah, so, and that was actually important to me in the eighties. You had to prove it, you know, in England to make it, you know, to go out to to the world and to get a America record release or worldwide record release. So, so it meant so good. You know, it felt so good to me. I, I just won this award. It's the Angel of Rock Award. It was a couple of weeks ago when we started our tour in England. And I thought, oh, that's so nice. It was so tough to to crack that market. And now, after all these years, they really you know, seem to appreciate it. And in America, I tell you, it's like when you work it, you know, then things will happen. And But sometimes you can't be there all the time because we, you know, we tour all over the world or when I'm doing a record, I always, you know, I take a long time to do a record. The last record, it took a couple of years. so um, Six yeah, years. But I always...
1: <laughs> it, it yeah. was Six years <laughs> between uh, between the two. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, okay, let me ask you about this, because since you're mentioning the festivals, and I see that you're at Health Fest, and you've got the Rock the Night Festival, and the Pariser Classic Rock Night, and the Rock in the Bowl and Fire Steel 2020, and, of course... Uh, Monsters of Rock and, and my favorite, M3. Uh, <laughs> you know, in, in Europe, they have what is sort of called the festival season, which is, you know, the Vacans and and, and and the Hellfest and, and Sweden Rock. Yeah. And, we, and yeah. we, we sort of expect it. Now, in North America, there seems to be a lot of uh, cookie-cutter festivals where it's always the same bands but just in a different city. But M3, in particular, is its own beast, Um, Talk to me about how important a festival like M3, which really doesn't focus on the hottest band today, it focuses on the classic rock bands, the the, the 80s bands, you know, you've got your Bullet Boys on there. And this year you've got Bang Tango and you've got Doro and (laughs) you've got Accept and you've got Tesla and you've got these bands that, you know, some other festivals are forgetting. How important is, is it for you that this exists and that fans go check it out?
0: Oh, very important, very important, Mitch. And I love all these bands you just mentioned. I think pretty much the same bands they will play on the Monsters of Rock uh, cruise as well. And I was a big fan of Tesla and Bang And, you know, I, yeah, I, I still love all these 80s bands with like great songs. You know, they're great performers. Like sometimes, you know, you really know they, they could learn from the best. And, you know, and my first time when I saw like a band like, you know, like, Oh, it was like it was in 1980 and I was a big Judas Priest fan so I went you know to see them live in concert and back then you know you couldn't get any pictures you just had maybe a cassette you know and and I went to the concert and they blew me away and I turned around to my guitar player and I said wow man I can't believe Priest was even better live and then the guy said hey do That's not twist. That's the support band. And I said what? And he said yes. That's accept. And I couldn't believe it. They were so great, you know. And then please, they hit the stage and they were phenomenal. But that was my first time that I saw like a band which I loved. And still a big exception. So when you say they are playing on M3, man, it makes me so happy. And you know, it still gives me so much inspiration. And yeah, and I, I love 80s metal. I love new bands, of course. You know, I definitely want to go with the time. But I I love 80s stuff. And um, yeah, and you know that was born and raised with the British wave of new heavy metal or new wave of British heavy metal. And, you know, and all that, you know, like what reminds me on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: I, 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 I've never I asked you this before, but you, you, you talk about how you love 80 stuff. Was it only just the hard rock metal or did you on your off days listen to a Duran Duran or a human league or a 99 Luft Balloons? You know, did you, did you listen to no. any? No, no 99 no, Balloons no. for you? No. No, no,
0: no, no, no pop music at all. I was always a metalhead, and and to me, metal always meant freedom, um, extreme power, emotion, like you know the real stuff, and yeah, and like I I liked you know some blues bands, some bluesier kind of rock. And my first concert I've ever seen was Whitesnake, Snake, and you know that was 1980. And oh God, it was so fantastic. Wow. That was actually the reason why I wanted to cover one song by White Snake. It's on the newer, on the latest album, Forever Wars, Forever Unite, and it's yep. Don't Break, Break my, my, my Heart, Heart Again. Again. That's I right. Love that song. Got, yeah. I, I, I,
1: you can't see this, but I've literally got the album in front of me. You can hear. Ah, it. Oh, okay. I'm banging it down. Yeah. It says, uh, let's see here. It says. Uh, this is the uh, limited slip case, uh, including two individual CDs with three bonus tracks each. So there you go. Caruso, yeah. Metal Is My Alcohol, et cetera. Uh, yeah, well, Whitesnake. And, okay, I was just asking you uh, because of that 80s thing, just because, you know, in the 80s, I-, I-, I liked everything. And today I got an email from one of the members of Huey Lewis's band. And it was so exciting. It's like, oh, somebody from you, we lose. Like, you know, you know, I have that geek moment. But uh, all right, let me get back to these festivals. So uh, now, and on M three, by the way, unless I'm mistaken, you are the same night as Accept and Tesla. So it's going to be a yeah. oh, going to be a powerhouse, powerhouse lineup. All yeah. right, so let's talk about this. Forever United, uh, sorry, Forever Warriors, Forever United. It is a double yeah. disc. So there was a period of six years from Raise Your Fist until there where we had the discussions, and I said, well, what about some new music? And you're like, well, when we get there. And, and we got there six years later, and instead of just, well, here's nine songs or here's ten songs, you gave us, with these bonus tracks, 25 songs. You said, all right. You waited. Here yeah. you are. And the music <laughs> is, is sort of well I don't want to say all over the place because that sounds insulting but it's it, it, you you cover a wide spectrum. you go from bastardos to all for metal which are infectious and in your face to it cuts so deep, which is probably your your softest ballad and I mean that respectfully like it's it's just so tender and so sweet and um, talk to me about it. it's about brushing the you know with all you know just saying listen, I'm going to give you everything I got and you're going to get fast and you're going to get slow and you're going to get red and you're going to get black and you're going to white and blue and we're just we're just going to paint the canvas with everything I've got. Yes, that's
0: like, yeah, I, I feel that is me, that's the real truth and I love it as extreme as it gets, as aggressive, fast and I love it as sensitive and, you know, dark, romantic. I, I love the whole spectrum and I love anthems, like something like, you know, all we are, all for metal. I love that so much, especially like, you know, doing collaboration with so many other great artists and singers. That's like, ah, I, I totally love it. Totally love it. And and then this uh, men, uh, song you mentioned, It Cuts so Deep, I wrote it actually with David Bryan, the keyboarder of Bon Jovi. And he's a fantastic piano player and a fantastic musician. And we wrote it a while ago. And then I I was listening to this demo and I thought, yeah, man, I want to put it on the disc because I asked the record company if they would allow me to do a double album. Usually, you know, it's what you said, nine, ten songs. And I had so many great songs. I thought, yeah, man, it, it wouldn't do it justice to just like, you know, like we wrote about 40, 45 songs. And then to just choose and pick 10 songs they wouldn't have been right. So so I asked if I could do a double album. And then after a couple of weeks, I said, yes, do it. You know, you're doing it for such a long time. Just do it. So I could put on all songs, which meant so much to me, even a cover version like from, you know, Don't Break My Heart Again. There's a Motorhead cover version uh, on it as well, which I love so much. It's the song Lost in the Ozone. I love lyrics and all and yeah and then we we could do it and it cut so deep That was like a ballad i had for a long time and i thought yeah i want to try it out and while you're trying it out while you're singing it you can tell if something has magic or if something's just flat you know then you think oh you know maybe a bonus track and whatever on the next album or maybe never but this one i thought yeah it has so much you know it yeah it feels so good and it makes people you know like it, probably touches their heart it depends always on the mood and if you like ballads at all I love them and um, yeah and I love the soulful stuff and I I love the whole spectrum and I know that you're a big Kiss fan when I grew up with Kiss like Kiss Alive 2 I love the heavier songs I love the anthems and I love ballads as well you know so yeah yeah and you know sometimes you know I think a record is like a whole it's a picture it's sometimes a mirror of the time and um, when you said the six years between the last album, Race of Fist and this one, we worked about two and a half years on this DVD. It was a it was a DVD. It had four discs. It was like, it's so long. It, it, I think it looks beautiful. And it was called Strong and Proud. And that was actually the whole career, the whole spectrum. And every song was like, yeah, we worked on all the details that it would sound awesome. And um, yeah, so so two and a half years purely in the studio working on this DVD, and then touring, yeah, and then doing a the new record. So so for me, it was just work. I didn't even realize that six years went by for a new album. So and and touring—that's what I what I like most. And it's it's like you know when you when you when you see the fans, that's like you know that's what I live for. So. In the studio, that's great. I I love songwriting. I love recording, but touring and playing live—that's yeah. I think that's I'm, the real I'm deal. <laughs> and
1: and, and by the, the way, real going real way. back to the the conversation about uh, Crocus and having fifteen million sold and being big in that territory and stuff. Uh, this, yeah, uh, the, the, I the, the fir- Well, you were number four in Germany with Forever Warriors, Forever uh, Forever United. It, so yeah, you know that's yeah. impressive. It,
0: it, And it was like not in the rock charts. It was in the regular charts where you have pop and rap. And I was like, yeah, man, it was was great. It was very unexpected. It was great. And I think we sold about 10 million records all in all, definitely. And, you know, like sometimes you say, yeah, you always sell good when the record company is behind you. I tell you that, you know, when I was on a major label for, yeah, for, most of the 80s and 90s and it was like you know when they would push you man you know there was no stopping and then sometimes they pushed somebody else and even even though you did a great record but um there was then much tougher (laughs) so so you know sometimes yeah sometimes everything falls into place and um and i had this one time in my life i think it was on the triumph and agony album and I think the songs were great. The videos were great. MTV, they were very open to play all, you know, our videos of this album. And then the second album, we thought, ah, oh, this will be easy. And then we went to MTV, did all these beautiful videos again. I think the first single was Wider Shade of Pale and then Hard Times, they looked great. Great video directors. And then the guys, of MTV that said, hey, we played your last record, you know, on heavy rotation. We can't do that again. We thought, oh, what do you mean? And, you know, so it's like sometimes, you know, you, yeah, you get all the power, all the support you need to make it really big. And sometimes, you know, you are you're almost fighting alone and, you know, and you just I could always count on the fans. So I knew, you know, that I could always do music. You know for hopefully, for the rest of my life, hopefully till the day I die, but um yeah. you know sometimes it's like, yeah, you know, sometimes you get lucky and you know, and the flavor of the months, that stuff, you know, like if people push a certain sound and um and then sometimes I said, like, "Oh, it's too heavy, we can't play it on the radio, you have to you know." You have to do it a little bit more pop, radio-friendly. And I said, no, I, I don't want to do it, you know. And I said, well, if you don't remix the record, you, we can't put it out. And I thought, okay, okay, then then it will not come out, but I have to be happy the sound and the songs and, you know, and I can't just like write a pop song. That's not, you know, if it happens and, you know, it sounds good to people, that's great. But, you know, to me, like, you know, sitting down and writing a pop song, maybe even with another songwriter to just, you know, you know, to to do it, to please, um, you know, to please the radio or the record company, I could never do it. It's, uh, it's yeah. not,
1: it's yeah. not you though. I could, no, I could Netflix. hear it. <laughs> I could hear a great reworked version of "99 Luftballons." I love that song, and I think you'd do it great. I think I think you would do it great. Uh, but just uh, I'm am going to take a take away from the from the funny for a second and get in more into the respectful here. All for Metal has, of course, a whole bunch of players on there. You have got Ross the Boss, and you've got uh, boy, my eyes I can't I, my eyes are hard yeah. to read because the printing on this CD is so small. But you got uh, Chuck Billy. You've got uh, Jeff Waters, if I can read correctly, because I don't have my glasses on. Yes, but, yes, Johann Heck of Amon Amarth and Miller yeah. our
0: Creator,
1: and, uh, and yeah, of Creator, and, and of course, and of course, Warrel Dale. Now, the importance yes. of Warrel uh, <laughs> Dane, I should say. I said mm-hmm. Dale. Sorry. Yeah. Is that we are recording this on December thirteenth, twenty nineteen, and it is the anniversary of when he passed away, December thirteenth, two thousand seventeen. Um. Man, he, he that that guy, man, his voice. Uh, I saw Nevermore a bunch of times in Montreal, um, and it was just it was just fantastic. He just he just had a voice. It was just it was it was it was just great. Um, talk to me about first of all having him on the All for Metal track, and and, and just what was it about him, about Warrel, that you just said, yeah, you know, I need to know this guy. I need to work with this guy. I need to. I've got to. We've got to do something together. Yeah, I think, well, he was a total sweetheart and
0: very creative and, you know, very nice, nice person. And besides being very talented and having a great voice. And I met him the first time on my first big America tour. It was in 1988 with Megadeth and Sanctuary. And that was when we met. And we immediately, you know, like started, like, you know, like, yeah, becoming friends and and. And all over these years, we always kept in contact. And then I asked him if he would be a guest on my 25th anniversary. That's a while ago. That's 10 years ago. And uh, and he, he said, yes, I'm coming. And he came all the way from Seattle to Germany. I think he had to take like three, four planes. And yeah, and then he was singing with us. And, and uh, it meant a lot to me. And then I met him uh, two years ago in Wacken. And I just had this new album in the making and all for metal that seemed like, you know, it, it would be like one of the singles because it has such a nice anthony character. So, you know, when I was in Bakken, I was singing with Amona Mars because I did a duet with um, Johan Heck on their album Yom's Viking. And um, and then I was singing this song live. They wanted to record a DVD. So I had just one song to do and then i was walking around talking to everybody and i thought hey maybe i should you know record like you know the people who are here and the first one who was on this track was actually jeff waters i went to his dressing room we are great friends for a long time and he was singing on it and i had a little video camera and then Barry dane he was there as well and i said hey boreal you know would you would you maybe you know like be so kind and sing on the song, you know, and be in the video. And he said, absolutely. And yeah, and then we we were hugging each other, you know, laughing, singing, and, you know, and so that's the reason why he's in the video of All for Metal. And, you know, and you can hear him like, Actually there's so many people, you know, sometimes you have a hard time listening to who who is who but you know, but he's in there and, and his attitude, his energy, his good vibration, you know, it's all in there. So so I, I, I love it. And every time I see this video, you can always find it like, you know, on YouTube or wherever for free. You can see him, you know, and he looked really happy and he looked really healthy and you know, and I was I never did expect that you know he wouldn't he wouldn't live forever he was like you know he was really doing good when I saw him so so I was super sad when I heard that that he died and um I know he had some some problems I think he was drinking sometimes so but I think he was sober when I met him in Wacken two years ago and and he looked full of life and you know many plants and you know so um he was super sweet and yeah, yeah. One great of the guy. Guys, he was you know, a great guy,
1: really yeah. a really mm-hmm. great guy. Um, oh, boy. Uh, anyway, we we, we okay. miss him. So may he rest in peace. Uh, I, I will I will start yes. wrapping up here, and I'll, I'll get two two more questions in. And one of them is just a sort of fanboy geek thing. I'm a big fan <laughs> of Guns and Roses. We all love Guns and Roses. You had their current drummer Frank Ferrer in your band for two years or a year yeah. and a half, ninety five, yeah. ninety six. Just uh, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he had nothing to do with Guns N' Roses in nineteen ninety five. But but what was it about Frank that he brought? Because he he really sort of has a nice groove, a nice sort of swing yeah. to the way he plays, right? It's 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 not sort of a a a a, a quiet riot, Frankie Benelli, smash him, bash him kind of thing. It's 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 more of a peter chris kind of thing and yet it works in the metal context right
0: yeah actually um my drummer who's now with us uh, 26 and a half years that's right, d. Johnny d and yeah. he was the former drummer of Britney fox and when he joined in 93 i love johnny right away and stuff and then he wanted to get married and um and his former wife she said hey you either go on tour or we." you know get married so so johnny said hey doro man you know i you know i i i want to get married so and that was the reason why we were starting doing auditions to have another drummer playing on this um tour it was the machine to machine tour in 95 and frank he was like the guy who had so much feel like you know oh man and and he could serve the song so good and you know it was like a no-brainer like Frank was it and he was powerful and yeah and you know he had like a yeah like magic magic his bass drum and everything and and i just you know like yeah so he played here some big festivals and i thought wow man great you know that he's now in guns N' roses that's that's awesome that makes me happy and i'm always happy when people do good and my former bass player tommy Henriksen, he's now you know playing in alice cooper's band and working with the hollywood vampire so, so everybody's doing pretty good and yeah and i'm you know i'm very happy and sometimes you know to me i think man you know i had such a great musical life i could play with the best people on earth like Cody powell he played drums on the triumph and agony album and you know it's like it's a joy for me to to work with great musicians and you know i always learn from them and and i just enjoy it it's like it means the world to me so yeah so that's uh, that's the guns N' roses thing and yeah and i'm glad that you like guns N' roses actually Smash doesn't played on come one on oh, records as well yeah yeah, yeah who doesn't yeah, like it was Gun- actually the same yeah it was the same time when we put out the triumph and agony album in 87 and we had this uh, great video director his uh, name was mark wessica And he said, Doro, come to L.A. and, you know, get prepared for this video. And back then, I think the videos were even more expensive than the whole record production. And I went to L.A., and we were hanging out and then he gave me this little cassette tape and he said hey check it out there's some new bands on there and then the first song was welcome to the jungle i thought wow wow it blew me away and it gave me great energy and actually i would listen to it before we filmed uh, the all we are video in la in the la river basin and i remember i i could tell like wow man this had this had magic and and Energy, like you know, so much energy. So, that yeah, band, man. So, That's so. great band.
1: Oh, <laughs> by the way, you mentioned David Bryan uh, of uh, Bon Jovi doing the uh, "It Cuts So Deep." Does he end up on the album? Because I, I, I don't recall having seen that in the in the in the liner notes. He's not playing I, on the album. No, we, okay.
0: No, we just we just wrote the song okay. together, and and my band like yeah Luca Princota and Johnny D and Nick Douglas my bass player for the last thirty years myself and Bas Mars we did it like we did it as a band in the studio, and it sounded so good. At first I thought maybe David should play the piano, but but our guys did did so nice. It felt so good, and we okay. were recording it live, like everything was live recorded in the studio. So that that song you hear it's like that's the whole version we played it a couple of times and we thought man that's that's the one that's the one so yeah
1: and that's the way to record this this whole stuff where you second guess yourself for 15 years is is just oh like sabbath man just go in nine days or nine hours or whatever the story is you just go in you lay it down and you go home that's the way and um Before we go home, uh, I don't want to forget, because we spoke about this before we started recording, and I don't want to forget it now, Uh, Lita Ford. On December 4th, 2019, she tweeted out a picture of you and Gary Hoey, and she wrote, Looking forward to 2020, new album with Gary Hoey producing, and special guest Doro on a sick-as-fuck duet. I wish you all a happy holiday season. And we will see you in 2020. She also tweeted out, when two queens join forces, coming in 2020. And there's a picture of you and her. So what is this mysterious or not so mysterious <laughs> lead of force? So you've done something together, obviously. Uh, yeah. What yes. is it and when do we hear it? And I guess it's on her album, not yours.
0: Yeah, it's probably, uh, yeah, maybe... What, what? We don't know yet Maybe we do a couple Of different versions We already recorded So much great stuff So so it is for her record But maybe I can put it on, on my upcoming album too Like maybe a different version And stuff Or maybe an acoustic version And the song is great And yeah We met actually Yeah, the first time In the early 80s And we did this photo session For R.I.P. magazine Many fans might remember that And we became great friends And I always love. Of leader, and and then uh, last year. I was um, inducted into the Hall of Heavy Metal History and it was actually in Wacken and all the American guys they came over and they gave me this great award and it was such a nice experience. And then this guy, Steve Goldby is his name, he said, Hey Doro, would you like to induct Leader Ford into the Hall of Heavy Metal History? It will be in LA or Anaheim and I said, Absolutely. So so I went to, you know, it was early this year, I think January, February. Uh, when the NAMM show was uh, taking place as well and yeah and then I gave her the the, um, award and inducted her into the Hall of Heavy Metal History and we got along so great and you know and and she's such a sweetheart and then we said we gotta do something together it's long time overdue yeah and then we started working on something and yeah and then I just recorded something actually in New Hampshire in Gary Hoey's studio Gary Hoey very very nice guy very you know like good like sensitive you know producer awesome guitar player so yeah so we had you know like like a a killer time there so um yeah and then 2020
1: it will come out so i'm gonna ask you this though uh because i know i know that there are some secrets that need to go you can't really reveal everything but out of curiosity can you tell me is it a cover song or is it an original song it's an original,
0: yeah. It's okay. an original, all right. And they might be, you know, like there might be different versions of the same song, like one very soulful one, and yeah. And they're just, I guess, just mixing as we speak. They're mixing it right now, and I'm very excited, you know, so much looking forward to hear it, but but i already i felt so good and yeah and i felt so comfortable singing Lida and gary they made me feel so good and it felt like family and you know and i could, could yeah i could really sing my heart out and you know and it was it was pretty cool yeah, yeah. And, and hopefully we will do a video or that it hopefully will become a single no, here here's the
1: real. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully at M three, you're going to turn to the drum side and said, "And ladies and gentlemen, special guest Lita <laughs> Ford," and then do a song <laughs> together. Yeah, that's that's the hopefully we're looking for. Uh, that would oh, be great. Yeah. But because I don't, I, she doesn't live that far away
0: Cooper so. around that time, so I don't know if this would work out, you know. But uh,
1: yeah, oh, yeah, she out yeah, with Alice Cooper. Awesome, oh, so, yeah. if she's out with Alice Cooper, you're gonna have to say, ladies and gentlemen, Lita Ford and Tommy Henriksen. Here you go. you're both coming out (laughs) that would be spectacular I
0: I would try I would try but (laughs) if it's not M3 festival then maybe one of these you know other gigs or you know festivals and yeah we certainly will do it and I you know I would love to do a whole tour together I think this would be a nice package and yeah
1: (laughs) right it would be great Uh, on that as we say in Montréal merci beaucoup thank you so much always 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 a pleasure
0: yeah I was always good to talk to you, and I know you're a big kiss fan, so I always feel like you know we grew up with the same band, the same atmosphere, and that that feels so good and you know our roots I think they were pretty pretty happening pretty cool man yeah,
1: absolutely and uh we're 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 in the same age group you're 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 in fact exactly my brother's age, so there you go. um hold- Cool. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.